There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 74 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of January 21st, 2008. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm going to be taking you along on my excellent adventures to the world of short Masonic educational papers. Now, just like always, these papers and all others are uh, available on uh, the website www.thedigitalfreemason.com. I encourage you to swing by and check them out, and uh, as well as offer up any suggestions as to uh, new topics that might be able to be thrown around. So, uh, where I thought I had didn't when time of the Christmas holidays to get uh, some podcasts in, I did manage to get them in, and then I thought I'd be able to start the new year with a. Uh, fresh slate and uh, actually get on and uh, here we are entering into the third week of the year and uh, first podcast so I apologize for that but today's topic is talking about um, well again it's from uh, brother Burl McElfin who uh, who did the the last uh, piece that I I presented and this one's uh, again in reference to Prince Hall but uh, very applicable to Freemasonry as a whole and it's all about too much schooling and not enough education. In 1996, Brother Benjamin T. Jones, 33rd degree, the Grand Historian of the Most Worshipful Prince Hall, Grand Lodge, New York, at the time stated, and I quote, The primary function of a Masonic Lodge, whether Prince Hall or otherwise, is to train and educate its members on the basic truths which its rituals and its ceremonies are designed to inculcate to develop its members as benevolent men, to cultivate social virtues among men, and to propagate the knowledge of the art. It is of such importance that all Prince Hall Masons know and appreciate the history of Prince Hall Masonry. It is not the primary function of Freemasonry to initiate cabinets or to enlarge membership. If this were, in fact, a truth, there would be no basis for our laws against proselytizing. So the chief concern of the Lodge is the welfare, happiness, and the Masonic development of its members, not with the admission of those who seek entrances to its doors. Its success as a true Masonic Lodge cannot be gauged by the length of its membership's role, or by the size of its accumulative funds, or even the status of its current certain members of the community. It, then, is a truism that it is the duty of every Masonic Lodge to put into action a plan for the education of its members in Masonic history, symbolism, and philosophy. Every week, as an entered apprentice, we learned our first degree work repetitiously until we make our suitably proficient to pass to the degree of a fellow craft. The cycle repeats itself until we are raised to the sublime degree of a master mason, and when this moment comes into fruition, we return to the first degree to pair a new class. What's wrong with this pattern? Are we making masons? Or members? And more importantly, brothers? Is the cement of brotherly love truly adhesive in the bonding process of men within our lodges? Does this zenith of our education end with us just being made a master mason in name only? We have made suitable proficiency in the first and second degree, but what about the third degree? Should we not 
make suitably should we not be made suitably proficient in the third degree? There are matters that the serious brother Prince Hall Mason should be concerned with and address within his respective lodge. Each lodge must reflect on the content of the program in which the new brother will or is going through during the initiation and transformation. Many of us have found ourselves complacent with the process, with it, which is presently established within walls of our lodge. Due to this complacency and lack of sustenance, our membership has declined significantly, and unqualified men assume roles of leadership who make the attempt to govern a lodge only to have the lodge in an even worse condition than when they had inherited it. Many of our brothers seem to find themselves by the wayside because the momentum that they had as entered apprentices and fellow crafts was lost after becoming a master mason. With all the repetitious training given to the entered apprentice and the fellow craft, with their ex oriente one and two, there is no education which compels them to understand all three degrees in its entirety and their connection to one another. Why? A very good reason is because there is too much schooling and not enough education. We do not have a constructive orientation process for the newly raised Prince Hall Master Mason, which can be something that we can use as a smooth transition into a full membership status. Training is a good thing, but it's not enough. Education is essential to the development of a brother who enters the ranks of Prince Hall. There are three areas which should be covered in the educational process of a Prince Hall Mason, and they are the ritual, the history, and the business. The ritual is considered first because it is a basis in which a brother is duly examined for proficiency and it is a tool which helps enhance a brother's mental capabilities. Two things that, these are the two things that should occur in this area when properly administered, which one being the training of the ritual and the other being the understanding of the ritual. Training a brother in the questioning and answering lectures is essential to his conditioning to Masonic practices within a lodge. He should be very familiar with his environment, such as the station and places of the lodge. Know what officer sits in the stations and places, and how a brother should enter the lodge, but what he should be observing on the altar, and etc. This is quite primitive, but this is where he begins to build his Masonic work. When educating the brother in his area, he should be given the reasons for this type of training. He should know why he did the things that he did in his degree. Why did he give the Tyler and Junior Deacon the password when entering the lodge? Why the four cardinal virtues are the perfect points of his entrance. Why he needed to observe the great lights in Freemasonry, understanding the importance of the scriptures, which are relevant to each degree. Why he shouldn't leave come through the outer or inner door at certain times. And many more other areas of ritualistic practice should be explained to the brother. These things should be explained to a brother because it causes him to think more critically about what he does in the work in which he is being engaged within Lodge. Every degree in which the brother obtains, he should be engaged in projects which reflect the symbolism of the degree itself. Also, it should be noted that the ritual work is only a small percentage of what is necessary for a brother to function properly within his Lodge. Many brothers are not ritualistically inclined, and there is nothing wrong with that, so long as he compensates in his participation with his lodge's activities and businesses. 
In Prince Hall Freemasonry, history of the, this fraternity is extremely important and essential. We are the oldest African-American secular fraternal organization within the United States, and in fact, we are older than the United States itself. Unlike mainstream Freemasonry, Prince Hall Freemasonry has originally been designed for the purpose of the liberation of African people living in America. Since its inception in March 1775, the three areas which the founder of Prince Hall and the 14 brothers who were initiated with him focused their energy on were slavery, education, and the church or the morality of the people. When we as Prince Hall Masons study the history of our brotherhood, one can feel pride at be, of being a Prince Hall Mason, and also one can see the universal trestle board among Prince Hall Masons, which is the blueprint for the other trestle boards to be designed within our respective Prince Hall Grand Lodges and subordinate lodges as well. When we understand our history and make suitable proficiency in this area, as we do in the ritual work, we develop a closer and stronger kinship with the founder. There is no reason why any brother from the, from the first to the 33rd degree should not know their history as a Prince Mason. Anyone who leads our fraternity and does not know the history of our fraternity, fraternity accurately should be embarrassed to lead other men within our ranks. This must be and should be included within the educational process of our fraternity. As Brother Garvey once said, a people without history is like a tree without roots. So, Prince Hall brother should know the following things. Who was Prince Hall? When was African Lodge established? What were his achievements individually and collectively with the other brothers? What are the highlights of Prince Hall fraternity? The last one is business. And at every regular and well-governed lodge within Prince Hall, there should be a bold initiative to have take some form of a new master mason orientation process. Too many times do we raise brothers to this degree and then leave them clueless to understand their work within the third degree. It should be the business of the lodge to begin educating them on the structure of government of the lodge and grand lodge, and how the business of the lodge should be conducted according to the constitution and bylaws. Review the several committees which the lodge has operating, knowing Masonic protocol, how to properly investigate prospective candidates, and knowing the importance of being financial within the lodge and making new brother apprentices the job to be carried out to become well-seasoned brothers. Educating our brothers on the ritual, history, and business of the lodge will be an investment in the future prosperity of the lodge. Education through participation and mentoring are the best methods which one can bring to the best of a new Master Mason. It has been said that the education was one of the jewels which Prince Hall was concerned about. Are we making, ed making education our ritual? Is education not our history? And more importantly, is education being made our business? Only time will tell. So that's uh, Brother McAlphin's uh, piece. That's the last piece that I, I've been able to dig up from him. Some very good stuff on there. I know I was uh, in Lodge here just the, this past week, and it was step-up night, and it was the uh, step-up night for a first degree. And I had mentioned to uh, one of the brothers, the brothers that was visiting, said, said you know, why don't they always, why do they always make it a tough degree for a step-up night? These guys are just 
they're not not even their positions yet officially and here it is that they're going into off and doing having to do degree work and he says well you know what because what they're doing is they're proving that they can operate the lodge for a whole year and they're doing it by giving a degree usually it's a second degree because that's a little bit easier but it's still showing that they can do a degree oh i said so there's always things to be learned but one of the things that uh, i notice isn't in uh, in this paper is the responsibility of the i'll say well the candidate or or the the newer mason to ask questions and to know who to ask there's like a my uh, my point to the the senior brother in regards to step up mate you need to be able to ask the questions and even after you become a master mason there's you don't have all the answers and nobody has all the answers but think about your questions phrase them properly and make sure you apply it to the right audience and you'll end up learning a lot and it made perfect sense to me after he explained to me about uh, proving that they can do a degree so so that's pretty much all I have to say on the topic. So I'd love for you to swing by and take a, a visit sometime at the, the website. I talked about that being at uh, com. If you have any thoughts or anything like that, by all means, drop me a line at podcast at com. One of the things that I'd like to do is I've been sort of, I threw this website up just very quickly offhand and uh, been looking at it. It's good, good to try and do some revamping work on it here. And can't promise anything at this point. But one of the things that I would like to do is I'd like to come up with a new logo for uh, for the podcast. And if you have any talents in in drawing or that sort of thing, that would be I'd love to hear from you at uh, the podcast email. Looking not for anything really so over the top, just something basic, simple. It sort of conveys as to what this is all about. And it's podcasting. So, anyway, give me a shout. And then I'll be looking forward to talking to you next week, hopefully, if all things go well. And uh, until then, keep the shiny side up.